We are in the midst of uh, probably the biggest windstorm out here in southwestern Arizona that we've had all winter. And it's kind of like a snowstorm, but it's warm and uh, there's a lot of dust. This one uh, kicked up, started kicking up along with the cold weather and the snow, which is going to be coming to the northern tier. This is sort of the same. The tail end uh, and the southern and the western tail end are these very high winds. So we're getting winds uh, roughly steady at about 35 and they're gusting to 50 or 60. And I love this. I love the sound of this because it's just so great. But you, you, everybody's kind of staying up late because we have stuff outside and you kind of have to make a habit of looking out the window here and there to make sure that all your stuff is still there because these gusts really are powerful. And it's cool because it's like a snowstorm, but it's dust and uh, sand. And it, it, my eyes are watering and you get stuffed up and you cough and it's crazy. Uh, and it's just a kind of a weird, especially if you were raised in the Midwest, it's kind of a weird thing. So I'm just telling everybody that's what I'm dealing with. But I had occasion in the last couple of days to kind of focus my thinking on something I've been reluctant to do a podcast about, but I think I am going to do a podcast about uh, being a prisoner of uh, your own audience algorithms. Most people know what I'm talking about. If you're a YouTube creator or if you do uh, any kind of media uh, you know, content, you kind of know. And if you don't know... I think it's going to be a good podcast for you to listen to uh, because I've been creating content most of my life and I've, I've been a prisoner of my audience, so to speak. And I didn't really know what to call it, but it's, it's really about relevance and being relevant. But I'm probably going to call this podcast uh, Prisoner of Your Own Audience or Prisoner of Your Algorithm or something to that effect. Podcast 1089-1089, The Bob Davis Podcasts. So if you, if you like the Bob Davis podcast and you want to support what I do, uh, there's lots of ways to do that. But the best way to do it without spending any money is to simply subscribe to the Bob Davis podcast at iTunes. We're also on Google Podcasts and uh, or whatever they call that. And uh, Spotify, which I think is an excellent platform compared to some of the more primitive platforms like Stitcher and, and some of these other platforms I've been on in the 10 years or more that I've been podcasting. And so if if you subscribe to the Bob Davis Podcast on iTunes, that's the one thing that really helps the feed. If you want to make a contribution to the effort, you can do it by donating whatever you want to the Bob Davis Podcast. I got a whole list of people I'll get to in the next podcast. Thanks again for listening and donating and subscribing to the Bob Davis Podcast. A lot of what I see in what I watch on YouTube, people I've been watching now, particularly in specific areas, uh, of content that I've noticed that they seem to have been captured by the algorithm, so to speak, or become prisoners of their audience, which is to say they've started to do content to please their audience. They've started to, to do content which is assumed it becomes a conscious effort to be relevant. And oftentimes relevance takes the form of having to talk about pop culture having to piddle around at the beginning and talk about uh, somebody like Raquel Welch dying or, you know, and, and it's important to name the names or making references to popular, you know, uh, hip-hop artists or, or whatever you think 
uh, is going to make you sound more relevant to your audience or literally uh, twisting the content uh, from some place where you started to be received better by uh, a growing audience that uh, is is basically following uh, an algorithm that uh, is on TikTok or uh, uh, YouTube or Shorts or Facebook or any of these social media platforms. A lot of them thrive on uh, controversy and a lot of them thrive, and this is no secret, uh, on uh, negative... Uh, emotions and negative responses and we are awash in uh, people who are uh, in their individual smokestack uh, doing their thing to make their audience grow and make their algorithm more responsive and thus be more successful there are also people uh, in, a, in, in arts communities in certain cities in this country uh, particularly one that I used to live in that are really struggling to remain relevant after a few years of uh, of doing this, that, or the other thing, and in particular talk radio, but this is true all over the country. It's true in politics that we're entering a phase where things are going to change, and certain things that certain people do because they haven't because they seek relevance and because they seek relevance with their own audiences over and over and over again they're going to end up painting themselves into corners and and i know because i've done it there is no escape once you do that once you paint yourself into a corner you're that guy if you don't want to be that guy what do you do and that's the really what i'm talking about in this podcast so it's it, this is something for content creators it's really not you know if you're listening to it in in general there's some insights about me uh particularly if you've listened to me for a while but it, it's really about content creation it's just something i've observed and i think there's a i think it's significant and i think it has a significant effect on uh objectivity because a lot of content creation and it it seems to be across all genres it isn't just politics it's also in finance and it's also in in other kinds of content that you see you could just see these people they get that they start out so great and they get they get funneled into going back to the well because their audience responds to whatever red meat they're throwing out now, I've had a lot of experience with that because I spent 20 years talking about politics. And my audience back home, there's a new audience that's out here that likes or listens to the stuff I talk about with nomads and the experience of nomad life. There's another audience that exists back home that remembers me basically doing political talk radio. And I don't do political talk, and I wouldn't do political talk radio if I was doing radio anymore because we're saturated with that kind of talk when political talk radio started 30 years ago uh, you never heard anybody challenge the uh, existing power structures the political power structures in a state or a city uh, you, you never heard people talking about issues like that I remember one of the first things I heard when I moved to Washington, D.C. was a station called WRC, which was one of the first talk radio stations. NBC Radio started doing these talk radio stations. 
and WRC was owned and operated by NBC, and they put, you know, local personalities on. And because Washington, D.C. is a government town, this is what they talked about, and it was fascinating. And it was it was uh, very deep because you would have policymakers call, uh, and I mean anonymous policymakers, people who worked at the State Department or worked in the Defense Department or worked for, you know, a congressman or something would call and say, hey, that's not what's in the bill. Here's what it says. This is the intent or whatever. And that was really amazing because I never heard that before. Because because talk radio uh, under the fairness doctrine didn't exist because uh, of this quote-unquote need for equal time. So when it started, it was fresh content, and the political talkers were doing fresh content. And that continued from, you know, late 87, 88, 89, 90, all the way up through, uh, you know, the emergence of, uh, of uh, social media uh, around, uh, I suppose, t- 2009, 10, 11, 12, whatever. And now uh, the, the whole industry is just saturated with these, what I would refer to, because I was one of them, loudmouths that are just popping off about this, that, or the other thing. And I don't know how people who do that do it year in and year out. But what I've perceived personally is that in the last uh, three or four years, and probably since COVID, maybe it started a little bit before COVID, but we are clearly in a new paradigm in this world. Things are happening that have never happened before. Uh, and and I'm seeing a lot of this content and it it's starting to look to me like AM radio in 1979, you know, and, and my, uh, my metaphor, my example is that in 1969, if you wanted to hear popular music and if you wanted to know what was going on on the charts, if you wanted to be connected to your age group, you listen to the big quote-unquote rock radio station in town. The station that played Motown and the Beatles and, uh, you know, hit records, number ones, you know, the best music, whatever. Ten years later, just ten years later, those radio stations sounded stale and uh, uh, irrelevant because they weren't able to get out of that AM radio sound. And FM radio came along, and and there were new formats and new ideas about how to do things, and it literally changed the entire uh, my, mindset of the audience and the paradigm of the audience. And it was a new audience. It was a younger audience. Uh, it was a new group of young people. The the group of people that listened to AM radio had moved on, and they were now you know 25 to 44 year old adults, and there were new teenagers, and they had different ideas about things. Much the same way that. Uh, you know, hip-hop radio kind of changed everything, or certain musical genres come along and and, uh, and make everything else sound uh, old. And it happens all the time, because that's what artists have to do. Artists have to bite the hand that feeds them and do things that don't seem right because they're so new and different uh, that they shock people. I mean, there's tons of examples of artists that, that say, I'm going to do something completely different no one's going to like it, but it's going to work, and they're going to like it later. And if you want to be relevant, that's what you have to do. And I'm going to talk a little more personally about my, how that I, I felt, feel that I fed into that in the second half of this podcast. All right, you people back in Minneapolis-St. Paul. Now, I know that there's a lot of snow on the ground. 
good friend of mine just mentioned that uh, they're doing uh, hot yoga and they can't believe how much better they feel because the, the, it's the only way that they can get warm. That's the point of the recent podcast about summer sounds to give you a break from it, but you're going to get nailed uh, or getting nailed as we speak. Instead of the high winds that we're experiencing here, you're going to get high winds and snow and uh, you're you're going to be pretty depressed when all that snow melts as you always do and you're left with brown and you look out over your garden in your backyard and you're like god that looks like crap you know what do i do this seems like it's going to be so much work to clear all this stuff away and the branches that fell down and well we're introducing a new sponsor here at uh, the bob davis podcast called uh garden gurus mn this is uh, these are people who can help you with your garden in particular to help it look a lot better. They can stage it better and get you started so you don't have to do all that prep work. That's the first thing. And the second thing is uh, that they can help stage real estate. And I don't want to go on and on too long, but just simply to say that people are having a little bit more difficulty selling their house today, as I once predicted. And it might require a little bit more staging and a garden, uh, especially a beautiful garden that's done properly, really helps stage real estate. So if you're a real estate agent, and I know a lot of you are, I know a lot of real estate agents, or if you're getting ready to sell your house or sell your parents' house, it really helps to have the place staged in terms of the garden and you know what it looks like outside. And the, the cost to do that with Garden Gurus MN is surprisingly reasonable. So, Garden Gurus uh, MN.com. And if you want to see their work, great place to display it is Instagram. They're at Garden Gurus MN on Instagram. That's one of the cool things about them. Or you can call them at 612-940-6726, Garden Gurus MN. So where does relevance come from? If you're creating content, um, where does relevance come from? How are you relevant? I think a lot of people think I have a certain audience, I have a certain level of subscribers. Um, so the relevance comes from doing what they want. I'm here to serve them. If I, I hear it all the time, YouTubers like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What should we do? And do I do I know if that's right or not? I don't know. You know, if you're if you're doing explainer videos about uh, yachts, I guess maybe uh, it's the right thing to do. I don't know. Uh, but as a person who uh, has reinvented himself many times, and as a person who sees people out here reinventing themselves uh, as nomads, different rigs, different missions, different people, you know, different groups uh, all the time, there's a certain level of relevance that has to come from within. And I think this is the big problem with people back home in the arts community who uh, struggle because they can't seem to get out of that orbit. And uh, and the, the assumption is that if I talk about pop culture, I'm relevant. Or, or if I talk about, if I do the same thing I've always done, somehow I'm relevant. But from a talent perspective, from an artistic perspective, relevance doesn't come from without. You don't go out and search for relevance. I'm going to be relevant if I talk about this. I'm going to be perceived as young or I'm going to be perceived as being hip or relevant if I talk about A, B, and C, which is what my audience wants. 
That is not how, in my opinion, relevance actually occurs. In my case, uh, relevance comes from within. It is, this is as, one of the things I love about podcasts is uh, it's utterly transparent. If I'm fake, you're going to hear it. This is who I am. When I tell stories about nomad life, I t- and, and, and my radio friends get mad at me because I'm not talking about politics or because they think I should be talking about all these other things. The implication is that if you're not talking about pop culture or you're not talking about what your audience wants to hear, then uh, what you are talking about is not worthy. Uh, that uh, that uh, you're talking about nothing. And so you're told that uh, you need to you need to be talking about what the audience is interested in not what you're interested in which i think is absolutely 180 degrees wrong i think it's the exact opposite you should be talking about what you want to talk about and if the audience doesn't like it <laughs> bye-bye because you have to lead as a as a content creator you have to lead and you have to talk about what's in your heart you know i just reviewed a bunch of my podcasts and, uh, you know, one of them is about not having a cell phone for 10 days and what that was like and the withdrawal that I went through. One of them is about this question of happiness versus contentment. One of them is uh, uh, about, uh, well, one of them is the meditative uh, experience of uh, listening to the sounds of summer. One of them is about this question of uh, human beings and what human beings are capable of doing uh, as per Carl Jung and as per this question of uh, intermodality and multimodality of human beings who can be nomads and hunter-gatherers, who can build cities and uh, climb Mount Everest. Uh, You know, we can do a lot of things. And those are pretty philosophical, pretty deep topics, which come from my own, they come from within me. I don't know if anybody else is talking about this stuff, and I don't care. Uh, I talk about what I want to talk about, and it takes me longer, uh, uh, almost every week, to come up with an idea and a lot of times I have to talk it out with myself and I find myself thinking while I'm talking about something that has inspired me usually by making me mad um, boy I'm glad this isn't a podcast I'm glad I'm not doing a podcast now I'm glad I don't have to be on the radio today tomorrow and Thursday and Friday uh, before I get a break because uh, I don't know that this stuff that I'm thinking is ready for prime time, so to speak. So relevance comes from a long wave, a long thought wave of considering what A, B, or C means. It comes from a, uh, a, a something that's heartfelt that I feel I want to share. And it takes longer and longer because, A, I don't want to do the same thing I always do. There are certainly themes and nomad life has been a theme, but I don't have to talk exclusively about it. And in many nomad life uh, podcasts, I, I talk about these themes, which no one else talks about, because I don't talk about batteries. I'm not going to try to sell you a Jackery. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't care about your black water tanks. Uh, I don't need to talk about what happened in the campground this week unless it fits into a larger picture of what I feel is relevant. And I think uh, uh, especially younger uh, content creators need to hear that relevance, you can't manufacture relevance. Yeah, it'll work for a while, you know, but 
it it you can't you you are not going to grow as a human being and therefore share that with the audience if you don't be your own relevance you develop your own relevance with from within and it comes from basically saying f you i am not going to do what you think i'm going to do and i'm not going to do what you want me to do and i'm not going to do what you think i quote unquote should in terms of content creation and everybody has people in their life that tell them you know what you should talk about or you should do this or you should do that uh, and they're not used to hearing people say no i'm not going to talk about that because that's not what i do uh, i don't really think of the audience uh, in fact sometimes i'm doing as much as i can to piss off <laughs> the old talk radio audience because i don't do what i used to do and i wouldn't do what I used to do. Uh, the tone of my voice has changed. Uh, my view of life has changed and for the positive being out here. But this question of relevance is very interesting to me because uh, being relevant, having people think that you have something to say that they want to hear is not something that you can manufacture. You have to be relevant to yourself. And, and that means to be true to yourself in order to be authentic, which is what really rings the bell for most people meaning that i don't i'm not trying to say that you're you the listener and i'm speaking to one person at a time is a bad person or that i don't care about you as a human being but i don't care what you think if you listen great if you don't listen great and pursuant to that i i had an experience this week uh went to get propane in town at the pit stop where everybody gets their propane, one of the places everybody gets their propane in town. And since it's getting cold, I thought, well, I, I got to have my, my, my heater so I can be comfortable in this thing. And I went to go uh, get the uh, propane. And, and uh, you, what you do is you pull in and you get out and you take your propane tank and you hand it to the guy. And then he fills it. And there's always this conversation of, uh, hey, don't overfill it because that plastic thing is going to get dislodged. And then it's going to take me an hour to get it hooked up again. I'm going to bleed off a bunch of fuel, yada, yada, yada. And then he goes, uh, he goes how many subs do you have? in your podcast because there was a woman there that uh, works there and and uh, you know these are all seasonal employees and she said uh, you know the Bob Davis podcast or something to that effect and he goes how many subs do you have but I didn't understand what he said and I was like what I mean this is how far removed I am from the whole you know subscribers thing uh, he, I go what and he goes how many subs do you have and I was like I don't know I I don't know <laughs> a few I, I don't know and the woman goes, that's a really famous, but he's really famous. And I, I was like, she must think I'm somebody else, right? So after uh, the dude that was uh, pumping the uh, fuel uh, finished up and he gave me the receipt to pay and uh, she was at the checkout, so she was the cashier and he went to help somebody else and i walked up there and i was like hey thanks for the plug and she goes yeah you know i i saw your truck and i looked up your podcast and it's uh, you're you're it's a really famous podcast and i was blown away because i thought she was talking about somebody else but she knew who she was talking about she knew she had looked it up so thank you for that but this is what i'm saying when you do the stuff you do whether you're writing books or movies or you're uh, making some kind of actual art uh, you can't think, oh, I'm going to get this group and I'm going to get that group and I'm going to be relevant to this and I'm going to be relevant to that and this is going to be great. You have to think, how do I grow as a human being? And 
what resonates in my heart that I want to bring out? What am I what am I bidden somehow to share without thinking about why? And also without thinking about whether people are going to like it or not. So you have to do what you do for yourself. And because what happens is, as I said, we've got all these people in silos doing the same thing over and over and over again. And number one, it's ruining the platforms. Number two, and I, I know that the, you know, the numbers are there. So you have to disregard what I'm saying as it pertains to quote unquote subscriber bases and listens and that type of thing, because I'm certainly not burning the world down with my podcast, but I don't do it for that. I do it for myself. Uh, but we, we have a situation in this country right now where we have all these silos. And I see this with my financial guys who started out so great, so objective, and have been pushed into this particular... And I'm not going to say what it is because it doesn't matter. But, but, but they've been pushed into a particular, a, a specific uh, financial point of view, which is very debatable. But they have now painted themselves into this corner where they believe this or that about let's say the federal reserve and they can't climb down from that now you see that all the time in politics as well and it's not helping uh people share it's not helping people learn it's not helping people grow it's really a problem in the in the political realm i don't think it's as much of a problem in the informational realm whether it's boating or you know uh uh equipment or people that go to youtube to find out how to change a tire or fix their battery or you know whatever uh, that's not what i'm talking about because those people have to be very specific and 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 uh that i'm talking about people that are talking about society and 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 uh and people and things and experiences that just keep doing the same thing over and over again relevance has to come from within that's where it comes from it doesn't come from imitating uh, and there's a lot of that, and it doesn't come from uh, being trapped by your own audience. And that is going to do it. There's always something that spurs me on to do A, B, or C. And usually it's taking something that I was going to do a while back and bringing up something else to fit with that that may or may not be connected. So if you're content creating you got to bite the hands that feed you every now and then. Thanks for listening to the Bob Davis Podcast. Podcast 1089, Slaves to an Algorithm. The Bob Davis Podcast. <coughs> Bye-bye. Hey, bye-bye.